You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, good morning, my little teacups. How is it going? How are you? I hope you are doing well. If you are listening on release day, it is Monday, which means almost paradise. Bachelor in Paradise is back, baby. Bachelor in Paradise is like the dessert of Bachelor Nation. As much as I can enjoy Bachelorette and Batch seasons, nothing can compare to BIP. BIP is the delicious treat that we get for enduring. You know, I love it. I'm, I'm just so excited. And I really need a palate cleanser after that disgusting taste Greg left in my mouth. That is the worst sentence I've ever said out loud. Oh my God, we're going to keep going. We're going to move past that. I cannot dwell on that. Please, 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 please. We have to keep going. So if you follow me online in any capacity, Instagram, TikTok, what have you, I definitely poke fun at myself and my drinking past. That's, I mean, that's honestly what TikTok is. And that's kind of why I love it so much. And maybe this is... Maybe this is just my algorithm, my For You page, but it's a lot of trauma humor. It's a lot of people finding something funny in a fucked up situation, in their pain, in their survival. You know, comedy, comedy equals tragedy plus time. And I have always, always leaned into making jokes and humor as a survival tactic. It's like if I can't make dead dad jokes, then what good is having a dead dad, you know? Life is so severe sometimes and heavy and painful and serious. So when we have moments where we can step outside of that and we can laugh and we can make a stupid joke, even about something, even something that's like really wrong, you know, to make a joke about something that happened and find that humor in the horrible, that is a human experience. And I personally wouldn't be able to see so much joy in life if I couldn't laugh at my own pain too. And that doesn't mean I don't also sit with my pain and I don't also acknowledge it and validate it and that the seriousness gets time in my brain too. But it's like, yeah, I'm also going to laugh. I'm also going to make a joke. Sue me. (laughs) I love to follow recovery meme accounts that are a little bit darker. Personally, I gravitate towards them more than I do the quote unquote inspirational accounts. I like the gritty and the dark and the funny and the rawness of TikToks and memes and accounts that don't shy away from shit that could be considered embarrassing or shameful because that's usually what makes me feel a lot more seen and validated. And obviously I read sober literature and I am inspired by so many people. And really it's anytime someone shares their story, there's inspiration in it. I am moved anytime I hear real stories of real people finding their way to recovery and not just alcohol, like recovery from alcohol, so many types of recovery. Changing your life takes guts. It takes work. It's hard and it's humbling and it feels isolating, even though ironically, so many of us can relate. I actually posted a TikTok the other day that had the caption, like fun things I I used to do when I got drunk. And then it was a bunch of shit that's obviously not fun, like text my contacts, total gibberish, or spill wine on my laptop, cry on the floor, hook up with people I don't even like, et cetera, et cetera. And the idea of it was that sometimes people are like, oh my God, you're sober. Don't you miss all the fun you had drinking? And I'm like, not really, because uh, the fun I was having drinking was not fun. And then what I love now is a bunch of people are commenting the quote unquote fun things they did drunk. And it just really reminds you of of how how not alone we are in the fucked up things that like yeah, alcohol can make us do. So I thought I'd read some because I was just like, so this person said, I've bought over five laptops in the past three years because of spilling booze on them. And I, when I tell you, I relate to that so much. 
I I spilled two different laptops I spilled wine on. And I remember going in and getting it fixed one time. You know, and this is when you spill liquid on your laptop, it's not an easy save. It it uh, ruins it, you might say. And I remember going into, I don't know, a laptop repair store. And I was like, oh, yeah, my my friend was using my laptop and she spilled her wine. I like, why was I lying to the laptop guy? And he opened it up like he I don't know what he did. He opened up the keyboard or whatever he whatever he did something and like took apart my laptop. And there was just it reeked of red wine. And I just was felt so much shame. And so for this person to be like, I've bought I've I've bought over five laptops in the past three years because of spilling booze on them. I'm like, all right, well, at least I only ruined two. You know, here's another one. I once woke up on top of a roundabout. I don't even know what that means. A roundabout? Isn't that like when you're driving and, you know, you can take little exits on the roundabout? What do they mean they woke up on top of a roundabout? What? This one. Whenever I got extremely intoxicated, my favorite activity was finding the nearest shower getting in fully clothed, turn the water on, and sleep. It's like, these things are so fucked up because, like, there is obviously, like, inherent danger in them. And I think the reason we can laugh at it because it's on a post I did about the fact that I'm sober now and we can look at these things and be like, damn, like, how are we living like this? And this is not to make fun of these situations because they can be dangerous and and difficult. But like I said, it's like you have to find sometimes the humor in this shit because how else that's how we survive. That's how we cope. That's how we get through things. Okay, this is my favorite one. I stopped drinking when I dialed the off yourself hotline number wrong and I ended up crying to a psychic who was confused. (laughs) That's so, that's so, it's like, I can laugh because I've also called like an unalive hotline and an, an alcohol hotline and I just love the, I just love the visual of accidentally calling a psychic. Now, I do think there is a huge difference in this and in joking about your past and looking at difficult situations and pain and trauma with maybe a humorous lens sometimes. I think that's different than what sometimes people will do. And I was very guilty of this in my early 20s. And that's using self-deprecation as a way to just call yourself a piece of shit and just be like, well, you know, whatever, I'm fucked up. I don't know what to tell you, I'm fucked up. And there is something I think wrong with that because sometimes self-deprecation goes from a point of it being like something quote-unquote funny. I'm using quote-unquote a lot these days. Please um, start a, I was going to (laughs) say... We can't really do a drinking game, huh? Take a take a take a drink of water every time I say quote unquote. So self-deprecation can veer into just not only being unnecessarily cruel to yourself and kind of continuing like a narrative um, uh, of negative self-talk, but also it starts to become like this self-fulfilling prophecy and this kind of an excuse of, well, I'm fucked up, so I do fucked up things. Can't help it. You know, I'm just too damaged. I'm too fucked up. And I I hate that. I hate that. And like I said, I've participated in that. And I think sometimes it is easier to self-deprecate than it is to examine behavior and change 
it's easier to just be like, well, I'm, f- I'm a fucked up human. What do you expect from me? I'm a garbage. I'm garbage. I'm trash. I'm a trash raccoon eating my garbage. Look at me. I'm a garbage man. You know, that's much easier than saying, oh, X, Y, and Z that I do is not that healthy and it's maybe hurting me or other people. What can I do to change that? What can I do to work on that? How can I become better? Blah, blah, blah. That's a lot harder. That takes a lot more work. I think sometimes we self-deprecate to... I don't know, ease tension or social anxiety or, uh, you know, like I said, it's just like humor. It's a coping mechanism. But the problem is if you are constantly saying negative things about yourself, like, oh, I'm dead inside or, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just broke. I'm broken. LOL. I'm garbage. No one will ever love me. I'm not, you know, what, whatever, you know, those are not, <laughs> none of those sound like good jokes, but you know what I mean. You know the you know the self-deprecating vibe I'm talking about. There's no way that's not going to seep in. There's no way that's not going to be absorbed by your brain. You're putting a lot of focus on it, even if they are jokes. You are saying it out loud. You are verbalizing these things, and you are going to absorb them. You are. In my early 20s, back when I was using Twitter, you know, an app that was <laughs> detrimental to my mental health, and I do not miss it all, I was always tweeting self-deprecating shit disguises humor things about being fucked up and dating about my anxiety about my inability to love which is just like categorically untrue i have so much ability to love i'm very loving and that also became a problem because it was this like twitter persona almost that i was awkward and unlucky in love and too anxious and too weird and too all these things and you know trash (laughs) trash i was just a trash bag what is that from it's always sunny oh i'm a trash man And like I said earlier, I don't think you you don't want it to be a self-fulfilling prophecy either. I think if there is something that you dislike about yourself in a way that you could address in a healthy way, put focus and energy on that. And then also learning to just accept yourself where you're at. Be kind and gentle and loving to yourself and you know, give yourself grace. I think that, you know, we're always a work in progress. We're always improving. We're always changing things happen, life happens. I read something interesting that was talking about, you know, like personality tests like Meyer-Briggs and the Enneagram and talking about how when you take these tests and you can take them at different periods of your life, you might get different answers because different things inform the way you see the world, the way you see your life experiences. So, you know, we're, we're in a constant state of change, being kind to yourself wherever you are right now is amazing. And also being willing to explore the ways that maybe you can improve, but while being kind to yourself. It's not about being like, you need to fix this because you fucking suck. That's not very inspirational. That's not motivational. I know some people, they like to go to like boot camp fitness things where people are like, work out faster, you piece of shit. That doesn't work for me. I don't want that. I want to go to a yoga class where they're like, love your body, say thank you to your body. But that's just me. You know, we all have maybe different things that motivate us. But I think overall, you're going to be more successful if you are kind to yourself right now where you are and make a plan of action for the things that you want to tackle. And again, I'm a big advocate for therapy, for having people you can talk to who can help you navigate journaling. Journaling is so helpful. It seems so simple, but it is so helpful because it helps us process how we're feeling and we can look back and we can see patterns. And sometimes you just need to write shit out, you know? 
I think I like self-deprecation when it is self-awareness. Like, for example, I can talk about the fact that I post cringy shit sometimes. I'm an attention whore. I post a lot on Instagram. And I can make jokes about that because those things are all true about me. But I'm not saying them in a way of like, oh, I'm an attention whore, so I'm the fucking worst and I don't deserve anything and I'm a selfish piece of shit and blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, yeah, I'm kind of an attention whore. Yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I have a podcast. I like to post TikToks. Yeah, I mean, I want the world to think I'm hot and funny. Like, uh, you caught me. But I also think that I'm worthy and I think that I am becoming a better person and I think that I'm intelligent and I try to be compassionate and caring. So I can self-deprecate about the areas I know I am maybe a little weaker in, like my need for validation, and I can make jokes about that. But I'm not going to make jokes about them in a way of like, I'm a piece of shit because I'm not a piece of shit and I don't think I'm a piece of shit. So why would I put that narrative out there? And I just really encourage you if you are in maybe a a cycle of that self-deprecation, because again, I've been there. Think about the things that are really awesome about you and try to focus on that. If you make a self-deprecating joke that feels a little bit kind of cruel, like it's a little too cruel to you, maybe after you make it, then think or say something that you really like about yourself. Because, you know, it takes time, but I think maybe that'll help you get that little balance back. Ultimately, we're all just trying to survive and we're making jokes and we're laughing, and sometimes we're laughing at our own expense, and I think that's fine, but I also think we should all be gentle with ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Quote, unquote. I just said that so you would drink some water. Well, anyway, it's time for... It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pink cloud of Well, I have a new favorite reality TV dating show, and that is F-Boy Island on HBO Max. Thank you, Elon Gale, who is known as, um, of, you know, of many things. He used to be an executive producer for The Bachelor, and I believe he was one of the main kind of creators behind Bachelor in Paradise. So tying it all back in, F-Boy Island was so good. It, like, Bachelor is quaking. Mike Fleiss is quaking. It is so good. It makes Bachelor look like a pile of doo-doo. It was so funny. It was captivating. It had twists and turns. It had good characters. All three of the women, the leads, they were so much fun to watch. And the ending, like, I don't want to spoil it, but I, my jaw dropped. I, I, it was so good. It had, like, all of the good elements from The Bachelor, and then it was funnier, and it was lighter, and it didn't ironically it's called f-boy island and the premise is there's nice guys nice guys quote quote and and f-boys and there's three women and they're trying to date and you know figure out if you know hopefully they end up with like a nice guy and it even though it's got f-boys self-proclaimed f-boys it somehow felt way less toxic than the bachelor and i just i loved every second of it i want everyone to watch it so we can talk about it I also, okay, quick spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So turn it off if you don't want a spoiler. I saw Casey on Bumble the other day. So, you know, obviously he did make it to LA and maybe he's living with Garrett. I mean, dude, has there ever been a good Garrett? Garrett's just, it seems to be if you are named Garrett, like apologies to any good Garrett's out there. Like, sorry, you got saddled with that name because it seems like a cursed name. At least in the reality dating sphere, Garrett's are not holding it down, you know? They are not. They are not doing a good job. (laughs) 
I swiped left. No thank you, Casey. I'm good. Well, anyway, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Sobriety with me, Ari. And uh, I love you all so much, and I'll see you next week. Okay, bye, everyone. <laughs>